Hello and welcome to the Inverted Castle podcast, a podcast where we talk about Metroidvania games. I'm a tour guide who might kill Eric Fox at the end of the tour. And I guess this is my final episode? (laughs) (laughs) Also, I didn't actually say my own name. I'm Thomas Blake. Uh, Like, for legal reasons, you probably shouldn't have, but uh, listen, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job. Jobs. (laughs) And today we're talking about Islets? Islets? It is, I guess okay. It is Islets, isn't it? I looked it up. It is Islets, just like islands and isles. No one says Islas. That's fair. But you can be forgiven because English is a broken language full of sad, broken people. There might be some Spanish people that say Islas. None of them are on this podcast, though, so I'm not going to speak for them. So this was made by a single developer named Kyle Thompson, mm-hmm. who has also made Shipo, which I believe is also a Metroidvania. And a game called Crypt Custodian. I believe that one's coming out. I don't, I don't think Crypt Custodians is out yet. That might explain why it doesn't have a release date. Uh-huh. But, yeah, this one. Islets. About small islands in the sky. It is a two-dimensional platform action Metroidvania game. It does that pretty much, like, like pretty well. Like, or uh, pretty purely, I would say. Yeah, it's a pretty stripped down pure form there's not a lot uh other stuff going on like uh, well there is like a small added like um uh shmup kind of set like toho like uh sections but they make up a small percentage of the overall runtime for the most part this is one of the purest metroidvania experiences you can have like if i could define this game by with one word it would be smooth because, like, we've talked about friction in other games, and this is one that I think has very little for better and worse, but I'll, I guess we'll get into that later. First, we should probably actually talk about, you know, the smallest aspect of this game, which is the story. Yeah, I mean, the story's pr- pretty minimal. The, there were islands that were connected by giant electromagnets. Yes. And then at some point they failed, and the islands separated and... They got taken over by beasts. Aw. And now there are people who are like, okay, there's some good treasure here. Or, uh, like, basically the spirit of adventure moves people to become warriors to explore the islands and perhaps, you know, make their way through the ancient ruins of a once great civilization and, I don't know, (laughs) make a name for themselves, get rich, something along those lines. Everyone seems to want fame of heroism i guess it's just sort of a thing that you do apparently is that like you get you like graduate from high school and you go become a hero i don't know (laughs) yeah the main character has no lines of dialogue at all i believe but you're told through a letter from your sister miko that your name is Iko, uh no relation to the ps2 classic and (laughs) almost immediately the rich jerk from your high school i assume (laughs) comes by with a bigger sexier ship and since these are all sky islands in his wake upon your ship being destroyed you fall onto the first islet i mean and ship this is a rowboat which is somehow aerial yeah the mechanics aren't explored in particular detail Mm. it's there's a couple of wheels and it's just kind of hand wave that yeah it's it's a box that can fly your own next ship is essentially a bucket but yeah and then it's basically just like no real narrative direction just 
Vazi, go ahead. You have a sword? Yeah. I mean, eventually you find the three people that did it. The three people what did the uh, aisle uh, uh, pentafurcation? Is that a word? Sure. It's a word now. You've made it. <laughs> yeah. And the three people are, in fact, god beasts of a sort. Along the way, towards fighting them, you meet other characters who, you know, have little, little uh, japes and jabs, but otherwise don't, you know, for what this game is going for and the pace that it's setting, they don't stick around uh, long enough, but that's good. They get their jokes in, they get the vibe of just a silly adventure, uh, you make friends, you you uh, tolerate the uh, the rich snooty asshole whose name is Snoots, <laughs> if I recall. Yeah. Then there's the more heroic best bud Greybird who you save and is inspired by you to an extent. There are other characters. There's a shop, but all of these are just sort of just um, gameplay elements uh, that are justified, you know, with some set dressing. Yeah. And even the people who are trying to kill you are very pleased to meet you. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, there's some there's some decent uh, jokes in the like. I don't know if it's UI or it's just like the name tag of when people are talking to you. In particular, the the tour guide who, when he's leading you down further and further into the crypt, as he becomes more obviously antagonistic, his name changes from tour guide to like suspicious tour guide to actively suspicious tour guide and stuff like that. <laughs> nice. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's that kind of humor, which is pretty good. And it's just kind of a there it doesn't dwell on it there but you know you move along and your main character just doesn't say anything it's just complete blank slate and that's fine we're good yeah again nothing get it really getting in the way between you and charging forward in the skies on the islands all that good stuff yeah i'm so i'm curious what your complaint about the lack of friction is so i guess uh, i should start with so this game i assume what you mean in the positive of lack of friction is that this game controls buttery smooth it is this yeah it you just go uh it's a little floaty but not in the way that it feels like you're moving too slowly it's in the um you have a lot of control over what you do so like in the air rolling on the ground climbing up and jumping between things there's enough leeway it's not a precision platformer so you can just kind of like let yourself just kind of move through levels exactly how you want to do it as you like as enemies get in front of you and it's like even on the highest difficulty don't take too long to like deal with as long as you you know deal with them appropriately things that should die in one hit do which is great like things that fall on you from above but the like yeah the main gameplay is you have your sword attack and your bow hitting with a sword gives you more arrows to keep firing with your bow which deals a bit less damage but is of course safer and both of these have a bit of a homing aspect to them i didn't notice the homing on the sword but uh, yeah there is at least or or was that an upgrade on the bow to make it homing i don't actually remember it might have been the upgrade system is a whole other can of beans we'll get into but uh, yeah, the sword, if like you're just swiping to the the left or right, if an enemy's just slightly above you, it'll angle towards that, but it's not like automatic. You do have to be using the right cardinal direction. Yeah, one of the interesting things about this game is that there's no healing whatsoever other than save points. Yes. It's... Finally, no Estus Flask. I can't <laughs> believe I'm saying it. 
Yeah. And, well, it's funny because like when you were re-describing the er, re-describing describing for the, the <laughs> podcast, um, the uh, arrows mechanic, I was like, oh, this is Hollow Knight, except there's no healing. Yeah, it's just arrows, and not only that, there's no like healing drops from enemies. Fighting enemies is purely for getting money for buying various upgrades and stuff at the one shop that exists. Or I guess there's two, but they're yeah. right next to each other. Which, like, this isn't the only Metroidvania that has done that. Like, Environmental Station Alpha did that too, that that I can think of off, off the top of my head. It's just always an interesting thing when it happens. Yeah, like, it's like they clearly intend for each section between safe zones, essentially, to be very completable without having to like knock yourself out against enemies essentially you can also also there's i did like occasionally there being a bit of tension when i am low on health but going forward and back are both equally dangerous and it's it's like being on your last flask all the time yeah that said the punishment for death is also non-existent it's go back to the last save point keep all the progress that you got in between not only all the things you got, like the upgrades and money, but y- your map is still cleared out that whole way. It, you literally lose nothing other than the act of going that far. And there's also a failsafe, like the, the low health failsafe of you can never get one shot from anything above one HP, essentially. Yeah. Until you get the warning, like, oh man, about to die, warning, warning, you're, you can effectively take any hit you want. Uh like, you can flip on an option to let you know what damage numbers are, but by default, at least, that's off, and I never turned it on. It was fine. Yeah, me either. I didn't actually explore the options very much in this game. There aren't many, but it's one of those things where if, if you wanted to, if you wanted to actually see and compare different upgrades, you could, but see if you're actually dealing extra damage. Yeah. So why is the lack of friction bad, or what is the fr- the bad part? So, okay. It's less to do with it like being like actively annoying so much as it feels like, okay, I've compared Metroidvanias to sandwiches before. <laughs> 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 so I'm doing it again. Right? Yeah. And this one feels like it's the crusts have been cut off. <laughs> and it's fine. Like, it's all the good stuff. But I also feel like it's, I don't know, there's some texture missing that makes it feel like it goes by too fast. And by the by the end of the game, it's just like, that was great. It passed through. No digestive problems. <laughs> but I don't have anything like, uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't stick with me in that way. It's a very much a, like, it, yeah, again, it's hard to describe because I'm one of those broken people who like jank. And this is one that just doesn't have any. <laughs> to torture the metaphor, it didn't really have anything to chew on. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> it, yeah, ex- thank you. That's why we keep you around. That's why we pay you the big bucks. And why um, why I, th- I feel content in leaving this podcast in your hand after hands after my untimely demise. I'm, I'm like a shark. I have to just keep making analogies. <laughs> you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I guess uh, I guess it's my fault for being your chum. <laughs> oh yeah, I like I I think I get that. It's like I came through the entire experience. I had fun while I did it. I I don't know that it's going to leave that much of an impact. Yeah, that because yeah, this is it feels weird to call it like a complaint because it's really just like I, it's just tr- trying to find something to talk about really 
beyond everything works pretty much as you'd want. Like this is a game you can set your watch to. Yeah. But there, there's nothing wild, really. Like uh, basically everything you've basically been you you have seen before. Not all of it in one location like this potentially. But I don't know. I don't think it really makes a like it doesn't stand out individually is the main thing outside of perhaps its upgrade system which is unique for this genre at the very least yeah and when we're talking about the upgrades we're talking more like in the kin of missile tanks and energy tanks yeah your movement and mobility upgrades are standard you you fight a boss and you get something and it lets you go elsewhere but rather the optional upgrades are different if you'd like to go into them because i've been speaking too much yeah it doesn't matter uh yeah every time you touch an upgrade token you are given a choice from three upgrades they sort of linger the ones that you didn't choose yeah it seems like it's a random pool i got the impression it was a deck that was getting shuffled every time i touched one yeah it felt like a like a roguelike system of upgrades even though obviously you're not doing multiple runs of this it's kind of the one and done but yeah it seems like it's a random set of three that you get to choose from and if you don't pick one it it'll might show up later but it seemed effectively random and what they would be is anything from upgrade your hp upgrade your the sword damage bow damage number of shots you have in your quiver and then it could also be things like every time you double jump fire a little uh, free beam underneath you and that can yeah. get upgraded and successive roles of the of the deck as it were yeah and some of these things are also available from shops like more health more attack power for the sword and the bow independently are all available from shops Uh, but the other things are unique to the upgrades yeah so once you find the shop first and you see that you can buy power when you see that in the in the upgrades you know try and prioritize something else although like it some things required certain mobility upgrades i believe like upgrading your slam attack to hit like it's a ground pound but you can get bigger shock waves from it that doesn't that doesn't appear until you get that ability and so it looks like there are sort of filler upgrades like just get some money upon getting one of these these pickups which always felt bad and it's not even very much money compared to the uh incremental cost of buying one of the weapon upgrades no it's not even nearly enough yeah, I think you like it's like 500-ish near the beginning, and that's like the very first health upgrade, which then gets more expensive the more you buy it, and everything else is like twice that expensive yeah. to begin with. Yeah. Meanwhile, the upgrade token gives you $200. There were sometimes thousands as well, but I mostly saw 200, I thought. I saw 200, 500, and 1,000, I think. It has been a while. But yeah, not even all the same <laughs> amount of money in the cards. But usually they're not going to give you a choice of three different money things. There's enough upgrades that it's fine. There's usually something else at least, even if there's only one thing. I think I did get a money, money, money. Oh, man. But it was after a long period of taking everything but the monies, which is why I think it was like actually sort of a deck that was being shuffled 
I because I felt like things were coming back if I weren't wasn't selecting them. I could also see if you're being particularly like uh, if, if you're going and getting everything you have access to as soon as you get the upgrades. Maybe you just have a lower selection of stuff to upgrade. And so you'll run out of things easier. Or if you're just getting a lot of money otherwise and have already bought all of the, say, power upgrades, I could see that being less common, I guess, if it's it is a, indeed a deck. But I never saw it, so I shouldn't speak with authority. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and, like, this, it's not a deck in that, like, when you get the 60th one, which is the last upgrade, it will still have you choose from three. It's not like you're going, uh, you're depleting a, a, a finite deck here. Oh, yeah, no, I, there's still upgrades I needed to buy after the last upgrade. It's, like, it, it wasn't particularly, like, uh, onerous on me, but, uh, you know, it's it's something that you're not going to max out and just all have all of your stats completely uh, all the way up just by collecting everything. Uh, but you really don't need to. The game isn't that arduous for it to require that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, you know. Outside of, I think, power level, and I'm sure there's a limit on health as well. I just never hit it. Yeah. Which is fine. I don't think I hit the limit for any of them, actually. You don't need to. It's an RPG. The, you, you can grind forever if you wanted to, but honestly, don't bother. But yeah, no, this it was an interesting thing for this game to essentially only have one type of optional upgrade and still have that kind of, like, have it in itself a level of variety that kept it interesting. Like, yeah. I, you always want to get one of these. As soon as you see it, boom. And this game does allow you to purchase a way to just see them on the map. And so you don't have to hunt around online to find th the one thing you missed, which is always the killer. Yeah, that's pretty convenient. They only appear yeah. on the map for rooms that you've already been to, but there's also not very much in the way of secret rooms. There's yeah. a handful of them. But. A handful, and usually, if like you break a wall or a floor or something, or just run into a fake wall, all that you really get is money, which is good. Money's always good. Money's always useful. Like you, you never run out of things to buy, really, unless you really grind out all the upgrades. But yeah, yep. some yeah, uh, some crusts do need to get cut off. That's that's fair. I'm not <laughs> saying. This particular thing is 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 a travesty. I, I liked it, and like they they had a pretty good variety of challenges for it. Be, just find the path, or do a platforming challenge, or do one like like a, almost a time attack. Hit all the the spheres on the way in a little constellation. Yeah, I kind of liked the constellations. They were fun. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you see exactly what you need to do, but it's, it's doing it fast, uh, and using all of the upgrades as you get them. It was great. Yeah. yeah. In terms of the platforming abilities, uh, there's a lot of standard stuff in here. There's the double jump. There's you a get slam the double attack. jump first. You, yeah. Like, you can tell a lot about a game based on when you get the double jump. <laughs> and if you get the double jump. And this one just hands it out on a silver platter for you. Yeah, there's a, a wall run. There's two types of arrow upgrades. There's a like teleport arrow uh, and yeah. a cloud arrow, a cloud <laughs> line. I don't know. It's essentially it. it's essentially the magnet beam from Mega Man One, 
where you just fire out a horizontal platform that you can just then walk on to ascend to heights you normally have no access no way of getting to and the, yeah. the teleport is just really uh get past two small crevices and that's about it it's a little too unwieldy to really use mid-combat i found yeah and it like it almost never gets called for either yeah, no, there's not a, a boss that forces you to, you, oh, you use your new ability. It, it knows that this this one's purely unlocking more of the map. There's also, for the airship, the ability to short-range teleport as well. Yes, the airship, which is how you move between the various islets before you kind of slam them together again. There's a little sky section, very small. I think there's four encounters total that you airship, and each one, like, you basically get the upgrade and then fight an encounter, boss, whatever, and then you got a new island. Yeah, just a little intermission in between the the islands. Yeah, and it, it's also, it gives you like a little circle that is, this is your actual hitbox, not the entirety of your uh, little wooden bucket. So uh, very much <laughs> yeah. a nod to Toho as well as you, as the encounters are, bullet hex at the very least, depending on, you know your particular taste for this kind of game are you a toho purist if if so god help you and also yeah this might be a bit easy for you fair i mean i had fun with it just curious what difficulty did you play the game on i played on normal but i probably should have switched to hard i mean there was still enough of a challenge that i wasn't totally breezing through at all times yeah i was on the the hard difficulty and i found it very it was very fair still a couple of bosses i would need to take a couple of runs at but the way that the difficulty kind of makes the patterns slightly more complex and like quick to dodge i don't know it it felt like the right amount for me so yeah yeah good on them i ended up doing the boss rush afterwards on easy just to see the difference and yeah if if, if you're kind of yawning at this game maybe jack it up a little bit just Fair. my little advice there but yeah any other movement upgrades that kind of fell by the wayside there i mean i wanted to gush about the cloud arrow it's great <laughs> it's I great. It. it is great it, it is like definitely the standout ability of this game way better than the magnet beam. it was just like hey you can just make platforms wherever and run along them and then jump up and make another platform and yeah. The double jump just lets you do that in midair ad infinitum because you get your jump back when you touch it. Yeah, because it is a platform. It's it's standard, but like the amount of height you get off the double jump is pretty much perfect for just like firing the arrow and then immediately hopping on top. It feels good. It feels smooth. It's not getting in its own way and which I feel, you know, the magnet beam in addition to the NES just not showing most of it at any given time was also like, ugh. But that that's clearly the only problem with Mega Man 1. Every, everything else perfectly yep. coded. Yep. No other problems with Mega Man 1. No, not at all. I was a little disappointed that the arrows are like a toggle away from your regular arrows. Yeah. I don't know. There's not so many buttons being used in this game that they couldn't have been on dedicated buttons. And because they're strictly utility, it's not like if you fired the cloud arrow, it would do damage. Uh... Oh, it deals damage. It does? Never tried it. 
Yes. Oh, wow. It, it actually hits enemies, and it doesn't cost an arrow to do, because you need to be able to do it to infinitely to solve puzzles. And you also can't rapid fire it. But it does deal damage when it hits. Interesting. Okay. Never mind that. Disregard that. But okay. Never mind. But yeah, it's just like, it, it sort of limited their ability to mix it into combat. Yeah. I could see an, a world in which the teleport arrow is a completely separate button, or like the, the toggle switch is instead just the button that shoots the cloud arrow yeah and that that world where the teleport arrow is a different button is called haiku the robot Uh (laughs) aha i mean at least that's that's what i was thinking about it was like i'm really surprised that this isn't or, or like that they put so many limitations on this because that arrow also can only be fired on the ground yeah right as opposed to in haiku the robot getting a teleport is when your dodge rolls start being aerial so what you're saying is that if you combine both of these games it's the perfect game for you um i don't know i mean i I, it would be sweet at the very least i don't know (laughs) it's i'm trying to remember like yeah like the teleport in haiku yes i just don't remember the cloud arrow equivalent in haiku oh i mean the haiku didn't really have a cloud arrow equivalent i was just talking about Uh, the teleport arrow okay it was just the teleport yeah okay Uh, i guess the grapple hook but that's only lateral. You don't get a height, but okay. Yeah, I don't know. It was just, it's an interesting choice to make them essentially platforming only. Like, there's nothing stopping you from using them in bosses they're just not convenient to do when you're the bosses is the most likely time you're going to be just hammering those arrows yeah you can just hold down the button and just empty your quiver and then run up and refill it with your more powerful but more dangerous sword slashes yeah so like if you were strictly going melee i guess if you just have the teleport unlock at all times maybe but i just didn't I didn't mess with that. Yeah. In terms of fighting bosses, the so there's... Oh, I forgot the charged up attack, which is a also a ranged attack. Right. Yeah, if you hold the sword button, it's, it is it is a projectile. Yeah, and it breaks uh, some blocks. Yep, yeah. Two different purposes for both exploration and attack, although it's it takes too long and it doesn't have the DPS to really make the difference in bosses, except for when they're outside of range and or just invulnerable for a second you can make use of it yeah it seemed like a fallback if you're out of arrows and also they're not in reach rather than something that you're actively going to be trying to use yeah if you're doing nothing may as well be holding that button yeah but no the boss encounters were pretty varied i would say for the most part even the you know on the ground out out of the sky bosses followed a little bit of uh bullet heck style of you, you need to dodge and or weave between bullets yeah but they also were pretty good at also implementing the various environmental platforming things like the stones that if you swing your sword nearby you'll kind of dash through them and you get your jump, double jump back you know the ones there's a boss that uses that you gotta avoid the floor use those yeah there's a, a couple of bosses like that because there's also the boss that is on a bridge and then destroys the bridge <laughs> uh, and then you need need the cloud arrows that's like the only time the cloud arrows super got mixed into the bosses yeah and i think on that one if it doesn't destroy too much of the bridge you can still kind of just beat its ass and t- before it gets too uh, hectic <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, like stand, you know, like this is this is video games. Just be faster. It's fine. <laughs> it's, true. it's kind of unfortunate. There's not enough speed runs on the leaderboard to r- really push the game. I found there's only like two for the any percent really. Yeah, 
and I don't know. I'm not going to join them. This this ain't no unsighted, but you know, I could see this game looking like making you look cool if you were to play it well. Yeah, I could see yeah. that. Yeah, if everything just flows all the way right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is a completely random thought. Lovely. When the first two islands came together, right now over you. I what? <laughs> Don't worry about it. I sort of got the impression that there might be more mixing and matching of islands going together than there turned out to be. Uh, oh yeah, you were thinking like combine different islands together to open up different pathways. Yeah. Okay, instead it is it is linear in that way where... Yeah, it's glom, glom more islands onto what you've already got, yeah. Yeah, there's already set positions for all of them. When you glom them together, that does open up like a path from one island to a, a locked off part of the other. But that like, yeah, it's not like the that one temple in fucking Skyward Sword where you have like a sliding block puzzle to manipulate rooms in order to get through them differently. Honestly, yeah. I would have been very annoyed and that might have been the kind of friction I was looking. You know what? I take it back. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. This is this is a travesty. They left that on the table. I mean, it, I just thought it would be interesting if if the like the different places were a little more like puzzle pieces that unlocked a spot on another one. Absolutely, and like that you are routing between. Yeah, like they have different exits. Um, maybe it would end up being really inconvenient though when like okay, I need to get here. Oh, I need to now undo the ones, the links that I've done and redo, right? Yeah, obviously, if they did it badly, it would be bad. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. I like listen. Maybe Kyle Thompson is just built different. He would have nailed it first try. But you know, we'll never know unless that that uh, Crypt Custodians game ends up being exactly that, which I have no idea. But you know, keep an eye out. Maybe we'll have our sliding block puzzle mash- Metroidvania one of these days. <laughs> hell actually i think dawn of sorrow the castlevania ds game did have a little bit of that as well <laughs> the actual sliding block zone didn't unsighted have some sliding block puzzles yeah but not not in the way that manipulated the entire like uh, explorable yes. area i don't think that's fair that's low-key sli- sliding block puzzles sorry i i went to like zelda ice sliding block ah uh, yeah rather than like the, the Skyward Sword rearranged the dungeon puzzle. The meta puzzle of... The, the puzzle is the dungeon, which is a puzzle. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I get you. Like, it's... Like, you could have extended this separate zones coming together uh, idea more than it did. Which is unfortunate since the game is named literally after the islets. Yeah. And, like... I, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I assume it's pretty, actually pretty linear in the way that the islands have to come together. Pretty much, I think, like, the order in which you get, you can actually get to without potentially some glitching or sequence breaking is, like, you will activate the magnetic forces in a set order. There is one point where you have a choice between two islands to go to to explore, but I think you need to go to both before you can then latch on the one that is next in the sequence. Yeah. That's just, yeah, that's just Metroidvanias. Oh, you, you can go to multiple places, but you will need to go to both. And if you zoom out, the sequence is a little linear. 
it's it's the feeling while you're there and having to go back and remember where is open now that you know i think this game actually managed to do really well without getting in your way yeah that's true like again like kudos to making something like just this easy to just play through it it's it's i really am just kind of like uh i feel awkward complaining about it because i know like oh man (laughs) that's just asking for another xanadu (laughs) (laughs) which you know maybe (laughs) but anyway yeah no trying to think what else to talk about i don't know i mean uh, i don't think i talked about the context of 2022 uh in previous ones that were from 2022 i think not all the awards shows were done but before the the last one we've done which would have been night witch i believe yeah so yeah yell at us if we're wrong obviously yeah but... maybe i'm just redoing this and, and maybe nobody listens to the so- section of it anyway <laughs> anyway hit me the, so award-winning games from 2022 uh inscription marvel snap moss book 2 Red Matter oh, wow. 2, Tunic. Oh, Tunic. Metal Hellsinger. Yeah, I'm happy Tunic got it. Uh, Tunic got it for art direction? Huh, I I feel like... It's got some cool art direction. Yeah, but I feel like that's not the thing that is Tunic's thing, right? It's fair. Uh, Elden Ring. Of Vampire course. Survivors. God of War Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. Pentiment, Immortality, Splatoon 3, and... Final Fantasy fourteen and Walker. Uh, the last expansion to the the um, MMO. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Not. Yeah. I guess outside of. I don't know. Yeah. Like I've played most of those at least near the end. There. Obviously, Elden Ring and Splatoon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok took most of the awards. Th- they were kind of big deals. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say that it wasn't deserved, but hey, come on, throw some throw some uh, attention to the eyelets of the of the world. <laughs> no, all of those were you know either established series or established uh, developers, I guess. Yeah. Oh, Just, uh, inscription. I don't know. Yeah, inscription was the in tunic were kind of like they came out of nowhere or not necessarily out of nowhere, but had a unique flair beyond anything else that kind of got their got people's attention but then there's like elden ring which obviously from soft pentiment from the old oblivion oblivion no obsidian obsidian guys yeah and, and vampire survivors sort of created its own little genre i forgot yeah that's that's where that name came from yeah or trigger to memory i've not actually played any of those style of games but yeah they exploded yeah for a minute there uh oh. yeah yeah, I don't think you mentioned that, that context before, but yeah. pretty stacked year, all all things considered. Yep, also go play Tunic. It's a great game. Also, people should play Tunic. I've not yet played Tunic. I should play Tunic. It's not a Metroidvania. It's a Zelda. That's the problem. That yeah, Unfortunate. But it's still good. Go play it. It is still good, but unfortunately we cannot put it on our big list of Metroidvania games. Unlike Eyelets, which is now getting its own enshrinement in our uh, in these hallowed halls hey tom you love this game more than life itself where are you putting it or at the very least around haiku (laughs) i i feel like yeah you've got like your your comment about the 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 crusts is not wrong right like it's a smooth experience and like it's fun while you play it but 
I like I can't imagine myself coming back to it. Yeah, it, it's no one's favorite dish. Yeah, I feel like is is a way to put it. Yeah, I feel like at the time that we played it, that was also a fairly similar feeling we had about guacamole. Yeah, actually. Although now I'm feeling like guacamole is actually fairly high in my list. Eleven? It's just outside of the top ten, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, well, do you think this is better or worse than guacamole? Hmm. I. That's an excellent question guacamole does a bit more of its own thing but i like it has a unique style also less of a fan of the like i don't know color-coded blocks mash this i just i just thought that eventually the combat became a little too rote and be, uh, beat em up uh taking a bit too long for the complexity that it allowed for hmm. uh, or, or rather yeah there's too much complexity for such a simple actual system you could do a lot of things you don't need to though um yeah why not i'm gonna put it as my new number 11 pushing guacamole down one nice just under rusted moth yeah is apparently a popular place i like to put things because this is two in a row <laughs> what what next is going to be slightly better than guacamole and nothing else <laughs> i mean i'm kind of feeling like i put iconoclasts too high now maybe hey, i should have put you, rusted moss no, above hey, iconoclasts hey, hey no 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 you leave that alone <laughs> young man stop i mean i'm not gonna revise the list that would be yeah that'd be the list is sacrosanct now how about you speaking of only right opinions see like haiku the robot was actually kind of the around which i was basing this opinion because just above haiku at 11 is astalon which i think has enough like variety and like interesting ideas that i can't really say anything about it it's really just do i like the vibe of haiku enough even if it's the experience was a little rougher and i think i do so haiku remains at 12 number 13 just above deedlet is eyelets for me personally but yeah this is very much smack dab in the middle of the list yeah i mean i i can't argue with that yeah it's it, it is good. If you play it, you will have a good time. And it's also, yeah. like, n- not long. It's, I think, about six hours-ish for uh, 100%. Yeah, I think it took me eight, but I'm a slowpoke. Yeah, yeah. We, we know this. <laughs> <laughs> so another random comment that I didn't really fit into it anywhere. I'm trying to formulate this properly. I feel <laughs> like... And also the cut off the crusts metaphor here is probably not helping this sensation. <laughs> I'm sorry. I completely derailed all thought. Is Now we're just hungry <laughs> for sandwiches. Unbelievable. No, the feeling that Eilitz is aimed young. Ah, okay. Like, it's not that easy, right? So it's not aimed young in a, like, baby's first game way. Yeah, and you can't, like, the higher difficulties will challenge you. It's the actual moment-to-moment gameplay, I can see that, but... But I guess the aesthetic and the, like, characters and the the meager storyline there is, I guess, kind of gives me this aimed young feeling. Yeah, we didn't even mention that all the characters are, like, cute little animal people. Like, that's almost just so, like, I don't even notice it anymore. It's not something, like, to point out, because it's so, you know... Yeah, people may people may as well be little like rat, rat guys yeah but uh no yeah like it's very like colorful bright colors no real horrific violence the the tomb and whatnot is very much a like scooby-doo-esque level of creeping creepiness yeah this isn't uh, animal people who do war crimes like dust and elysian tale yeah if i recall there's there, there's a lot of war crimes in that and it's like I never played that. Wow, this is surprisingly dark for this anthro aesthetic. 
And that, that was early days of uh, indie Metroidvania, at least. Or I remember it being a big deal. Like, I heard about it and never played it. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that was a big deal of it at a t- the time. But if we go back to it now, we'll be like, eh, it's all right. They're, they're all like this now. Oh, so, solo dev? Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. And, you know, whatever development tools were accessible at the time. I, I don't want to make too many like, assumptions. <laughs> But yeah, no, but just, you know, I kind of get the idea that this game skews young and it you know actually like in a, in a way that isn't necessarily like putting the training wheels on it's just you know taking away a lot of the barriers that kids might just kind of run into and then just be like eh, this is done there, yeah. there's forward forward momentum at all times i just can't help but feel like when we say skews young it like it sounds derogatory and i guess it kind of is in that like we are saying that there's not a lot of plot to chew on it's it's only like negative in this context of we're not that audience and so we're grumpy that there's a thing that's not for us <laughs> yeah i don't think that's really fair but it should be mentioned that hey you know th- this isn't going to be something that li- really scratches your noodle as it were yeah yeah instead we are old men we remember things like the first 3d polygons which brings me into our game for next month. Ooh. It's a game called Pseudo Regalia. Pseudo Regalia. It was a game jam game that got, you know, more work and like gussied up, you know, but finished up a little bit. It is a 3D in the style, like low poly in the style of like PlayStation era, free run Metroidvania type thing, like a lot of parkour esque movement options and whatnot. It looks cool. It seems like it's it's definitely going for a specific vibe, and I'm interested in checking it out. Shouldn't be oh, too long, right. but yeah, this we'll see. Makes me think a lot of Castlevania 64. It looking at it, it looks a lot like that. If you actually had a good jump button, like if you had like Mario Odyssey levels of air and like jump controls, yeah, as well that's as pr- wall running. It, it looks cool. I, I want to check it out. So that's what we'll do next month. All right. But yeah, I think that's going to pretty much do it for us. As always, email us at invertedcastlepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on, I was going to say Twitter, but I guess dating ourselves, it's currently x.com. <laughs> yeah, Thanks. it's now x. That changed in between recording and posting the last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Definitely the a great idea and not some weird guy sitting on his own balls over and over again. <laughs> like some sort of Sisyphean Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> yeah, so we're on x.com at InvertedCastleP. Never forget the P. Any given social media network, it's probably just the Inverted Castle podcast. Or a lot of them. Yeah, I actually onboarded to Threads and onto Mastodon. So I'm the inverted castle at kind.social. It might just be inverted castle. Jeez, now I can't remember my own handles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're everywhere. You can't throw a stone and not hit one of our socials. <laughs> but, and if you also, on various podcasters, catchers, platforms, whatever, leave a review. Hell, leave a review on larger, uh, stronger podcasts that we might... <laughs> 
<laughs> we might get some of their that we might symbiotically feast on them like a remora that's uh, that's some weird energy but yeah if you uh, you can also email us at inverted castle podcast at gmail.com or leave a comment on youtube i think is probably the easiest way to get get in contact with us that actually might be true that's which is a wild thing to think about youtube comments in this day and age but regardless i've been eric fox and I've been Thomas Blade. And remember, kids, even you, when the world is falling apart, can be an asshole to the only person putting it back together. <laughs>